Welcome back to the Broadway block. It's a good day to be a Rangers fan. First place in the Metropolitan, couple wins, running through the Canadian trip like it's our business. How are you feeling? Yeah, when we hit this Canada trip the, for the first time in the season, it always feels like we drop a few games, even if we come away like three and one. And you know, what do we always say? Like if you just break even on these trips, you call it a win and you come back home. Um, but wow, what a story so far. And, you know, the Jets have given up a lot of goals. I think the Rangers have realized that they have to shoot more and we've really adopted that structure defensively. So I think all spells are Rangers and under today. I'm hoping, obviously. I mean, six and two, there's not much you can you can ask for as far as a good start. Is there anything that like stands out to you as, you know, a highlight so far? Well, I also we only mentioned the Canadian trip, but you got to even throw in the cracking game there, you know, start ahead on West that way. But love and laughs production, silencing the haters. So that's been nice to see. Igor looks good. Quick almost looks better, but, you know, it's only Edmonton. McDavid lists Edmonton. So, yeah. Now they they uh, bounced back with him back in the lineup, McDavid, and won the Battle of Alberta. And it, it seemed like we really hit that at a lucky time because it seemed like they were a much better team with him in it, obviously. And that's not like an expert analysis there, but um, it obviously makes a huge difference for them. So we get a little lucky. You know, we're always due for like a McDavid highlight real goal against us anyway. So I'm we sure we'll see it later in the season. Yeah, we, we spared ourselves a little bit. I mean, who knows, man? They're they're in a crazy time right now. And I guess to you know maybe add to the problem, what do you think about McDavid and, and the chatter? That always surrounds any person that says that they want out. But this is not just any person. This isn't a Patrick Kane you know, deadline acquisition. This would be the real deal. This is a proven, not only a proven player, I mean, he's the best player in the league and he wants out of Edmonton. It's pretty naive to assume that we wouldn't take a sniff but i mean what does that even look like i i just don't even see like here's the thing in hockey other sports it's more realistic like if a player wants out they'll get out look at basketball like you can make your whole own team squad these days football it seems like it's going more of the basketball way that all you got to do is really hold out long enough and wait out your contract but it's interesting to see someone on the mario lemieux wayne gretzky level do this Obviously, we saw Wayne leave. Lemieux stayed his whole career. But I really couldn't see him leaving. Like, what else does he want? I would demand getting a goalie over there. But you have superstar players you're playing with, like Leon Dreisaitl. They've been only a couple pieces away. I've Obviously, hockey luck has not been on their side. But I still think it chops up to the goaltender. That really, Stuart Skinner was their promising hope, but I feel like, kind of feel like he should have gotten in the net earlier. And now it's almost like you were kind of wasted that time on older has been goalies. Yeah. And the other problem with them, too, is, you know, where do they go from here? Because they're, they're in a win now mode. I wouldn't say it's cup or bust just yet. They haven't made those like huge deals like we've seen in the past from the Lightning and the Avalanche where, you kind of feel like you you really better get it done or you're in hot water, but they're wasting the potential of two of the best players we've ever seen in their primes. You know, it's really hard to imagine that if they could get a boatload that they'd even 
even want to accept it, even if it was like well worth it for them. But I don't know what options they really the have. The fact that point. they haven't really even sniffed a cup, like, you know, even been there. Like, it's really troublesome. I just feel like, and it's not even like an organization. Like, obviously, we know what Edmonton's done. It's a Canadian organization. It's been around for a while. They've had superstars come and go. So it's, and it's like, would you rather go to Edmonton or Calgary? Like, for that side of Canada, like, you you know, you want to be in Edmonton. So it just, I just feel like they got to get some more pieces. They got to switch some things up in there. It's still really early in the season, so... Lot to see. Maybe Stuart Skinner makes a great season. It's just warming up. Yeah. And that said, all you need is a goalie to catch a little fire, get a rhythm. And, you know, we've already mentioned it a few times that those are the best players in the league for a good reason. I feel like they'll be in good shape if they can start to get some momentum, but what a disappointing start for them. It's kind of funny though, if you look around the the standings, not a lot of surprises. You know, you got Vegas. Avalanche are removed from from a season from a cup, so it's like there aren't really a whole lot of surprises in the top six. I would say if you if you look at the standings right now, they look how like they're supposed to. Like, all right, Blackhawks are back down in the bottom. Coyotes are right there. Blues and Wild Preds right right there, that middle packed, and then you got the Stars and Avs up top, Jets. Then you got the Golden Knights, Canucks, that's interesting. And the Kings, everybody knew they were going to be a good team this year. The Ducks, that's interesting to see after they kind of, you know, sold off, rebuilt a little bit. Kraken, I would have expected a little more, but I think they'll rally through the season. And then the Kings, the Kings is funny though, because it's like they're winning from their old guys. I watched both of those I know. the other day. It's Kopitar and Dowdy. It's like, it's not, <laughs> these aren't guys that like, it's not a surprise to see these names for sure, but you know, we knew they were going to be a good team, but I, what a, like what a question mark franchise to kind of be like, where are you? And we talked about this before the season started when we were previewing kind of the, the West coast a little bit and where we thought teams were at, but the Kings, man, I mean, obviously a little bit of a real estate advantage over there with maybe not facing the same level of competition night in and night out that the Metropolitan's uh, teams face. But that team has a lot of potential right now to kind of ride this out and lean on those veterans while kind of grooming some of the younger guys to be the next faces of the franchise. It's kind of a, you know, really almost like the Blackhawks situation where this team was supposed to fall into obscurity after winning and being good for so long, but they've somehow stayed relevant and avoided that full out, you know, bottom out um, outcome. Yeah. But you know, what's even more worrisome, the David Quinn winless sharks. It's I kind of almost feel bad for David Quinn in a situation because his situation here is they started they should have sold off last season and they didn't and now they sold off so it's like all right you're under the second year like what are you gonna have right and so like what do you, what do the sharks do here like also look at the Bedard sweepstakes you didn't tank last year I haven't heard any like huge superstars coming out of the draft this year have you Steve. No, and like we'll, you know, we'll learn everybody's names that are supposed to go towards the top. I feel like th- that that's when we, you know, kind of run out of things to talk about is that's when everybody starts to churn that up a little bit. But I think you're totally, I mean, you bring up a great point. You're totally right. Why the Sharks decided to sell on a guy like Timo Meyer and Eric Carlson when, you know, 
that was basically you knew the minute they do that that that's the signifier that it's, then it's the same thing what we were doing with yeah. david quinn i feel like i said i feel bad for him then, then we'll go back to our bet will david quinn be hired for a third time in the nhl yeah and and the sharks will get the number one overall pick he can take responsibility for quote-unquote ruining them and then the next guy can take credit for <laughs> there we go bingo <laughs> when peter laviolette took over to coach the or actually it'll be Gallant first but. yeah yeah when gerard Gallant came over to coach the san jose sharks yeah hockey on our side of the of the pond here brother i mean are there mistakes sure are there things that i wish wouldn't happen that are very rangers you know to name a few things we've been a lot better i feel like of of hanging goalies out to dry but you see that proclivity start, you know, to happen. We've kind of previewed this with Deb that when the games kind of open up a little bit, we we start to to play loose and wild like that and then kind of regain that structure. It seems like period ending, intermission, and then resetting has been night and day difference for the Rangers this year, where the period will start to slip away. You see them kind of reset and just come back out as a different team. Um second period's been a little looser. We've seen a little bit of elevated scoring in the second period. Um, but again, it's just capitalizing on your chances and, you know, the stars are starting to be stars. We see Mika cash in finally after what was Panarin, Panarin looks great. Zabanajad. I, I knew Zabanajad was going to crack one eventually. Like he was just ripping them. Yeah. And he was due for a while. And I started to kind of sense that, you know, not frustration, but you know, Mika's got kind of that face that kind of says it all when when he's got no expression on his face when he's smiling you know he just had a two goal night but um kind of reminds me of, of Buchnevich that way he's that, been more uh, physical too like and i was like man he's been like really aggressive on the boards and stuff this year well you have to open up other aspects of your game if if you know if what you're doing isn't working and this new system is it's not lost on me that this is now a new thing for everybody you know like and what is being asked of mika i mean who knows he's a number it could one be completely new yeah, he's a he's the top line center of one of the best teams in the league, period. So there's a lot of expectation he's going to go up against the top talent every night. And, you know, maybe Gallant relied on him to take more of the initiative offensively. And perhaps Peter Laviolette is, is doing the opposite. But, you know, I think for Mika, we again spoke with Deb and she was right that it is kind of just an inevitability with him. He's very streaky. We've seen that over the years. We've seen when he when he gets hot, he gets hot. You know, I wouldn't shy away from throwing him down for a goal tonight, too. If you're gambling out there, guys, Mika is one of those dudes that's going to try to let it rip and capitalize on the fact that he's kind of found that that streaky momentum. So follow Stevie Betts at StevieBetts.com. <laughs> I know it kind of sounds like we're, we're sponsored by DraftKings, but the, the whole thing is like, you know, you knew Laffy was going to come out shooting more after he scored. And, and that's what we saw. But he looks more controlled and he looks more confident out there. And he kind of looks like the laugh we saw in the tapes, like from the OHL and everything that he was just driving to the net more, more of a presence, knows where his teammates are supposed to be, always looking up the ice. And he looks pretty quick this year. That's why I love chatting with you about hockey, man, is that, you know, you always say something that that reminds me of of a moment or something that I saw in the game. And you're right, because when you watch those old clips, man, he really was like almost like a power forward in those and not occupying with such a large frame. He just he had this step on people. It's just like he had the quick. Exactly. The step on them and the move drive. It was like mm -hmm. a mini Rick Nash move without the flare out and just yeah. right to the neck and put it where it was supposed to be. And you watch too, you know, there was a moment 
I can't um, remember the team they're facing. It was Team Canada. He ran in, gave him a big hit on the boards, popped the puck loose, brings it in all alone, and, and, and just scores in only having been on the ice for like seven seconds after the line change. And it was just such a like willing the game into his hands type of moment that, you know, this is why he garnished all this hype was that, you know, people saw him just change the outcome of the game. And don't forget, Kako did the same thing for, for Finland. You saw laughing Kako be these confident monsters against guys, their own age. It looked like they were men playing against children. And, and then when they make this next gap, it's nice to see Lafreniere start to, kind of fall into those you know things that gave him success and i think another thing that we touched on with matt about how panarin being the a more of a playmaker and Hedl being more of a play driver that sticks out to me even to this day is that laugh playing with those two is perfect because we like i just said laugh has proven he can be a physical pest in the corner and be a distributor of the puck and a finisher so if you combine that kind of like how jesper Foss always played that you know, complimentary role, but we all knew that, you know, Jesper is only ever going to reach that like 20 goal plateau. Now you put a number one overall pick with a guy like Panarin and now a flourishing Heedle who don't forget is still, I believe without and, a goal. And I swear ever since that Columbus game with that discounted goal, he's had a chip on his shoulder and a lot haven't, the puck luck hasn't fallen, but yeah, and he's got a lot of assists to show for it, but I would look for for that line to continue buzzing and for for laugh to kind of you know feel like hey like throw one this way I'm gonna rip it because you saw I mean what a what a pass what a finish you saw him just standing there in the dots the other day and and he was ready for it a la Marty Saint Louis on one on one knee roofing it and that's the kind of confidence that you want out of a guy who's supposed to be this electric player. I also have been liking the power play. I know the numbers haven't been there in the season. Like it's always like one for four, but I, I'm seeing the production there. Like it's not like we're scrambling for the puck. The plays there, we're getting it on that. Um, Adam Fox on the power play has been fantastic. I think he's been shooting more and it's just not the same old power play. Like each time it comes out, it looks a little different to me, which to me, that's what you got to do. Keep it a little spicy. One point I wanted to bring up, we kind of talked about it off the show last time, was Blake Wheeler. You know, we've had eight games played and no goals, no assists, and he's a minus three. It's interesting to me that obviously we were all hyped on him at the beginning of the season to get someone, a former captain, to come to your team at of almost a vet minimum. But now I'm starting to think, was that because the it was the only option? It just looks like slow hockey out there. He's down a step. He's in the wrong place at the wrong time. And yeah. he's, clog- he's clogging up the neutral zone in the wrong way. And he gets beat a lot. Long answer, short question time. I test analytics, right? I test will tell you that Wheeler's not a good fit. Analytics would also tell you that Wheeler's not a good fit. Depending on what you look at, he hasn't scored. But their goals expected, in other words, what the line should be producing, they should be producing at a much higher clip. And you can only really take that stat so far because at the end of the day, it's if you produced and not if you should have or if you could have or if this chance should have gone in statistically. Um, But the point with Wheeler is that he, I believe, is making enough of an impact to, at least for right now, not panic. Now, the fourth line is kind of the opposite. I test, they're blocking a lot of shots. Jimmy VC looks like he was at least an upgrade over Tyler Pitlick. But the fourth line, 
statistically speaking, has not been that great. And if you're going to change things around, you have to remember the top six are performing beautifully. And this was the Gallant syndrome was to throw it all in a blender if, if things didn't go right. But the ramifications of taking Wheeler off of that third line right wing mean what? He's a fourth liner, which if the fourth liner is already struggling, do we want to put the most noticeably slow the struggling third struggling player on that fourth line. So, I mean, well, that, here's the thing. At least it would be little damage, as you would say, yeah. like the first line is gelling. Don't make any changes. But fourth line, something has to change. Yeah, fourth line, something has to change. And the, and the thing is, if you ask me before the season, I think VC Benino Goodrow is the best sounding fourth line that we have in house. That so that's like also that. a problem is that there's not really a personnel change that's going to be best suited for that. It's just flat out that we need better production. So then it comes from, well, we've seen Goodrow slide up to the third line right wing. We've seen VC slide up to the third line right wing. So then, you know, you asked the question, I kind of stepped on you a little bit. Othman, it provides an interesting option, but... You could even slide him up right to that third. Yeah. Third. <laughs> it wouldn't happen without somebody, maybe Pitlick gets waived you know, or sent down or something because the the problem that we're in right now, and it's a good problem to have, everybody's healthy. So there's no real moving around that's going to happen until... A plus, we're, we're, plus, obviously, we're winning. So it's like, right. don't rock that's the another, boat. Another huge problem is that maybe it's just a matter of time. You give them, give them 10 games at least. And, you know, what if Trocek is, you know, he's a 70-point producer in his lifetime. Wheeler's capable as of last year. I feel like they should be producing. A lot of it is just we can't do anything for fear of messing everything else up. So the third line, I mean, if they just get limited ice time, I don't know what the the solution is for now, but flat out, they do need to perform better. And hey, Wheeler's stepping back in to the house where he was a captain. I'm sure there's going to be a, a beautiful, heartwarming, you know, welcome home message for him. But Does he get the return goal tonight in his uh, I think that is misleading juice, my friends. If we're going to misleading, go back, don't bet Stevie bets at StevieBets.com. Stevie do not. I I say goal. beware of this Wheeler thing because I I just think it's the easy thing to say. I think it's attractive because it's probably I'm going to guess a plus three forty plus four hundred for him to score a goal because he hasn't scored a goal. Maybe some shots because you know that he's going to want to want to sink in and, and cash a good one fight? in. A fight. We're gonna have to wait and see, man. I think at the time of recording, the period has already started and the puck has already hold dropped. On, but... Hold on. I got one good story, side ranger oh, yeah. story that happened to me this week. So I was out, you know, obviously hockey season means leaf season and I'm in North Jersey. So I'm doing the leaves in my front yard and I'm blowing them down because I'm on a front hill. So the hill pushes the leaves down and it goes across the road and into a woods that goes down a bank. So I'm going with my backpack leaf blower and I'm blowing all the leaves down and it usually works pretty well. Cars go by. I let them go by. They're nice. I slow down either, either, or most people are nice. Don't try to hit me. But all of a sudden this little red car comes out of nowhere and just is like, doesn't look like he's going to slow down at all. And then I stop and he sees me. And he kind of tries to speed around me. So I kind of just keep blowing the leaves because I'm confused. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to blast this guy's car. Like this guy was like almost hit me. And lo and behold, what do I see as the guy slows down to yell at me about blowing leaves on his car? Big devil sticker. (laughs) 
And what does the guy say to me? He's like, were you blowing leaves in my car? And I said, maybe just a schmid. And then he saw my Rangers tattoo and got extremely mad and just drove off and yelled at me and gave me the finger. Let's go Rangers, buddy. I love that. Let's go go Rangers. (laughs)